This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. The Lord has given me a word, I believe, for tonight. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. Before we get there, I want to, I want to bring you a message tonight called The Worm on the Cross. The Worm on the Cross. But before we, we get there, I just want to share with you two things that have happened in my life in the last, uh, two weeks that have impacted, uh, my outlook tremendously. Now I grew up in deep Pentecost. And growing up in deep Pentecost, you, you learn a few things uh, that to do. As a matter of fact, when Johnny was tearing it up up here earlier, I found myself grab my right pant leg, and it, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, and, and, I, and it almost started going. And I said, wait a minute. If I dance, they're going to lose the spirit in this place. Come on now. And, and then I also realized growing up that many times, many people watch their parents manifest in the gifts of the Spirit, and they would they would emulate that. And that was a way that, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, you make up your mind. You want your kids lifting their hands in the house of God or shooting up. Come on now. I mean, it's all right to emulate that. But uh, the joy of my soul that has happened many times, but happened again the other day and surprised me, is that there was a man in our Sunday morning service, or maybe it was one of the services in the last couple of weeks, and, and, and he comes to the altar, and here's what was happening. It was actually Sunday morning. I said, uh, you guys keep singing. I'm going to go down here. Anybody wants prayer, I'm going to pray for you. And, and this people came, and, and this man walked up, and as he walked up, he, I've never seen him before, have no clue who he was, and he looks at me, and he says these words. He said, I laid down the bottle a week ago Saturday. He said, but I need help. I need help. I cannot make it on my own. How many of you know you can't make it on your own? Say that with me. I can't make it on my own. And so I looked at him, and I, I said, well, are you saved? He said, yes, sir. I've asked Jesus to be my Savior. And then it hit me in my spirit. And I said, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Now, that we, we, raised deep Pentecost, you don't say Holy Spirit, you say Holy Ghost. And I said, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And he did this number. Now, here in the country, we call it looking like a calf looks at a new gate. He went, Baptism of the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah, lift your hands. I didn't try to explain it. I just said, lift your hands. The Bible said they received it by the laying on of hands. I touched his head. It was like lightning went through his body, and suddenly tongues shot up out of him, and he began to speak with an unknown language. Why would I ask him that? Because without the Holy Ghost, you'll never make it. Without the power of God, you'll never make it. He was sent to lead you and guide you and bring you through. Amen. 
God's been dealing with me. He's been speaking to me in dreams. I don't like when God speaks to me in dreams because the Bible says he speaks to old men in dreams. <laughs> Some of you just got insulted. Come on now, amen. But the other morning at 4.30 a.m., I don't know what kind of dream I was having, but the Lord woke me up. You like it when the Lord wakes you up at 4.30 a.m.? And boom, gives me a sermon. And I preached that message, and it was called Meet Me at the Stone, and it's a, a message to where when Jonathan tells David to go meet him, he goes, says, go hide yourself three days in the rock that you're already used to hiding at. And his name is Ezel. And I said, what is that, Lord? And the name Ezel means two distinct things in Scripture. It means go hide yourself in the place of separation. Instead of listening to everybody else, you need to go listen to what God has to say. And then Ezel also means it was a, a, a place of a crossroads, and it was uh, actually interpreted in another version of the Scriptures as, as meaning the rock that will show you the way to go. So the Lord just dropped that into my spirit right there and said, instead of trying to figure out what all's happening in this world, my people need to get along with me, get along with me, and then I'll show them how to walk. Come on now, amen. And I was happy. I said, okay, I have my sermon. I can, I, I can go fishing. It was the morning for my sermon. And needless to say that God knew that the earth was going to explode in my world that day and I wouldn't have time to go anywhere. So he woke me up at 4.30 in the morning. But he also told me something else that morning at 4.30. Now, when I say what I'm about to say, for those watching, I want you to listen to me very carefully. <laughs> My name is Todd Smith. If you have hate mail, <laughs> come on now. Send a high tower parkway. Come on. Hey, man. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, my name is Don Allen, and you can send it to Highway 53 East because I'm going to tell you God spoke to me. I don't mean to insult anybody, and I don't want you to think I'm joining one side of an argument or another, but I'm going to tell you what God spoke to me. God spoke to me, and he asked me a simple question. He said, son, when you see a grown man, <clears throat> and I just imagine someone my size, someone I had seen, with a little tiny mask on in a public place, and you step toward them, and they scoot back, he said, what do you see? What do you see? Fear. And he said, son, what have you been preaching all year long? That you must change the narrative. We've got to change the narrative. And I said, okay, Lord. Well, I mean, I, how do I change? I, that week I had to take uh, our little boy to, the, to uh, the doctor's office. He had to wear a mask. I had to wear a mask. I mean, we're being required to wear a mask. I'm not speaking in rebellion. I call him the, the, the mask uh, of, the, of the enemy, Okay. The, instead of the mark of the beast, is the mask of the beast, all right? But instead, I understand some people are having surgery. Some people are dealing with things. And I'm not criticizing anybody that's wearing a mask. And you better get used to it. Your jobs are probably going to require it before long. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, instead of saying fear, because that's what it says, fear and I, I want to stay away from division. And that is the, the narrative of the day. Fear and division. He said this, this phrase to me, and I want you to get this. He said, I want you to reclaim the space of your face. And I said, excuse me, Lord? He said, I want you to reclaim the space of your face. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you mean? And instantly I saw it. 
I saw a mask that says, if I've got to wear a mask, I'm not going to wear one that says, I'm afraid of you. I'm going to wear one that says, Jesus saves. Come on now. Amen. I'm going to wear one that says, love your neighbor. I'm going to wear one that says, repent. Come on now. Amen. And I'm just going to tell you as far as I went, I saw a red X on it that means in slavery. And then I saw another one that said, vote pro-life. Y'all do believe pro-life here, right? Come on now. And what I'm trying to tell you is you better get ready to have to wear something, but when you wear it, you determine the narrative of the hour. You determine the message that we're going to take. You stand up and determine that. Pastor Don, where can I get those at? Well, you can link into my Facebook. We'll help you find some. There's, There's a link there for some, but let me explain something to you. It is not trademark. Go make your own. Change the narrative. Are they not? Are they going to probably tell you you can't wear them? Yes. But guess what? Change the narrative of the hour. If God's people will determine what they're going to do, everything will change. Father, before I bring the word tonight, I thank you that you're going to speak to us. Lord, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you and all your power and all your grace and strength will give us clarity and vision tonight. And Lord, I ask you now, in Jesus' name, that by your spirit and by your hand, your truth will be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God one more praise tonight. Psalms 22 and 6 reads like this. But I am a worm. Now, before I preach to you about a worm on a cross, I want to tell you that we are in a season of signs of end times. We used to say it this way in the church, the signs of the times. There's a sign of the time, and it's all around us as we see things Uh, just unfolding that we never dreamed before. We're lining up for a cashless society. We're lining up for all of these things. We're in a sign of a time. Say that with me, sign of a time. We're in a sign of a time, and as we are racing toward that, don't find it strange as we're racing toward end times, as we're racing toward what's going to happen in the end. Now, this is important. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to live in fear, but start living in the truth of these beautiful things that we know about God. That even though it may seem like the world is is, is literally heading toward darkness, and what we need to begin to realize is that the world is heading toward the light of the revelation of the Son of the Most High God as he returns on the clouds of glory. Amen. The light is always ahead of us. you got to understand that, that, that heavens are declaring the glory of God. And Pastor Marty preached an amazing message on that, on the heavens declaring the glory of God. And, and then there's those, those signs that we see all around us as the earth can be studied and the scientific things. Is, I, I don't want to uh, diverge much here, but it's sort of like, you remember the, the passage in Scripture that is probably the most misused uh, uh, or, or a manipulation of Scripture that the enemy tries to say that the Bible's not true. They, they shared uh, about how that when Jacob would put the, the rods down in the water, that the uh, animals would become speckled and, uh, or spotted. And, and, and what people don't understand is that they, they use that as a definition to say, well, that shows you that that has nothing to do with water, with what you drink has nothing to do with the, what, how the, the offspring is going to be. It's all genetics. 
But the problem with that is this. They have created a clone in Europe. Uh, uh, they've done it multiple times. You can look it up uh, uh, of mice. And they've created this clone that when they introduce one key chemical into the point of conception, then it's always twice as big and speckled and spotted. Do you know where the one key chemical comes from? It comes from the bark that Jacob stripped and put into the water. I don't care who wants to disprove the word of God. Heaven and earth are pushing us toward the light. They're moving us. Light has something to do. God's first words over the earth was, let there be light. We're pushing toward the light. I do not fear the darkness because I am a light bearer. I am a light carrier. And I have the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in me and it shines forth the light in the darkness. Even in our very conception, when the two parts come together there with the, 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 the two ingredients that are necessary for life, the moment, the moment that the egg is fertilized, there's an explosion of light. You can't have a new creation unless the command of God for let there be light is uttered and, and received. This is important. So what I'm about to share to you, whenever I preach on those kind of things, people always come up to me afterwards, they say, I just don't know about that. Well, good for you. It means you're going to finally go read your Bible for yourself. Come on, amen. Go study. Go look. Because I'm not going to walk up here and bring something to you that I've not studied very, very intricately. And so I'm going to bring you a message tonight that where all of creation is pointing you toward the light. And I believe somebody, whether you're watching or present, are going to encounter the light of Jesus Christ tonight. I have come to defeat the darkness. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Notice this. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, take it for this is my body. Now this is important. Psalms 22 links to Mark 14. Then he broke it in pieces and said, take it for it is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood. Listen to me. The holy blood of the living God, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Tonight, as I stand here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is the Savior. He is the King of glory. Pastor Don, we're in revival. We know Jesus. Let me tell you something. The message of every hour should be the message of Jesus Christ. And listen to what I've come to tell you. That we gather to celebrate and worship the King who was slain, but now lives forevermore. We think about how he was executed and, and those passages here in Psalms talking about a cross and, and talking about a, a tree and talking about the body and the blood. I want you to understand this very, very clearly tonight. 
In a peripheral reading of Psalms 21 or 22, one will notice that the connection to the cross from this verse that was written over 1,000 years before the cross. You see, the passage describes the hate with which, even in humiliation of Christ, people would continue to call out. We see that moment as he's hanging there in humiliation in Matthew 27. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight, but, but, but you know what? The word's going to work in you. Amen. He is the word. Come on now. Amen. How many are you with me? Matthew 27. I'm not running around like normal, but I'm telling you, I'm taking you somewhere. Jump on the train. We're about to get there. Okay. Matthew 27, 35. And after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes, uh, throwing the uh, dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fashioned above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him, and it read, this is Jesus. My goodness, even when they were trying to uh, destroy him, the prophetic uh, part of who he was kept coming out, that this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. I want you to understand something tonight. You may feel like the enemy has your number and you're about to go under, but there's a prophetic side of God that's inside of you that's about to come out when you encounter the light. Now just stay with me just a moment. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said we were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. Come off that cross if you can. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. And he, sa he saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Now notice this next passage. Let him come down from the cross right now. You see, one of the reasons that the prophetic hasn't shown through in your life is you've been giving up before the work's done. You've been stopping before you broke through in your praise. You've been stopping before you prayed through in the midnight hour. My God has a future and a hope for you, and there's a throne in your future when we rule and reign with Christ, according to 2 Timothy. But if we keep giving up, we will step out of our promise, but we need to stand our ground, and we need to declare the light of Jesus Christ no matter what it costs us because he is the hope of the hour. Amen. Pastor Don, why are you so fired up? You don't know yet, but I'm getting there. We will believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. I thought it was always amazing that as he hung there upon the cross, it was amazing that he was the sacrifice and yet the high priest. On the day of atonement, the high priest would be brought out. As the high priest was brought out, they would take one uh, offering that would be let go unto peace and one offering that would be sent on the left hand that would be sent into destruction. And as he would uh, 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 stand there, he would send the one forth to pay for the sins of the people into destruction and he would send the other one off into, into peace. And you know what happened on that day as Jesus hung between two thieves? He hung there with both hands out over. One on his right hand said, had mercy on to me. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. 
The one on his left hand cursed him and went off to meet uh, uh, eternity without the hope of the one who was right beside him. Can I tell you something tonight? If you're going to go off and meet eternity without hope, it's not because he's not here and it's not because you've not heard because he walks with us and he talks with us and he's come to call us to him tonight. We could stop here and wonder how in those moments that Jesus was the high priest, the sacrifice, everything tied into one. At that moment, 400 prophecies came down to the smallest detail. But we would still be missing the beauty of Psalms 22. Once again, from Psalms 22, but I am a worm and not a man. Now here's what I want you to understand. The word used for worm here is not the normal Hebrew word for worm. It is also the same word that is used in the scripture for crimson. As in, if your sins are read as crimson. The word that is used is tola. Say that with me. Tola. Here in this moment, he does not say the normal word for worm. The normal word for worm is ramah. Okay, And when he would say that word, that defined a maggot, uh, something that eats that that is dead. My goodness, I, I just felt the Holy Ghost in that. You see, what it took was a worm who could come and, and in his holiness, and he could declare that though we might be eating on the deadness of this world, that he was among us, but he was not like us. Are you following me at all tonight? But listen to where I've come to take you. You see, that, that Hebrew change there means something very specific. I would love for you to go to Israel with me sometime and experience these things and walk among the orchards there. But in Hebrew, that word that Jesus used here, tola, can also be interpreted tola'ath. Tola'ath means the crimson worm or the scarlet worm. Both scarlet and crimson are the colors of blood, deep red. The crimson word, uh, Cocos iliasis, is a very special worm that looks more like a grub than a worm. Do we have a picture of the crimson worm tonight? Do we have that? We do not. Look it up. Google it now. You have my permission. I want you to see this. The crimson worm is a very special worm that looks more like a grub than a worm. When it is time for the female, now notice this, when it is time for the mother crimson worm to have her babies, which she only does one time. Say that with me, one time. She only does one time in her life. She finds the trunk of a tree. She finds a rough wooden surface, a fence post or a stick. She climbs up and attaches her body to the wood so that it cannot be removed from the wood. Then she makes a hard crimson shell over her. So she is so strongly and permanently stuck to the wood that the shell can never be removed without tearing her body completely apart and killing her. I don't care how many times they said, come down now. Once Jesus was attached to a cross, he said, I'll not move until I declare it is finished over my people. Amen. Let me preach on. I love the fact that when I said Google it, some of you are still looking at your phones. Come on now. This is good. It's important. So what we see here is this. The crimson worm who is now attached, and I feel the Holy Ghost, who is now attached to a rough 
old tree. You can go there and see them in the orchards today, attaching themselves to the tree. Then the eggs are laid underneath that protective shell and underneath the body. When the baby worms or the larvae hatch, they stay underneath the covering of the shell. Not only does the mother's body give protection for her babies, but it also provides them with food as the babies begin to consume her body and her blood. After just a few days, when the young worms grow to the point that they're able to take care of themselves, the mother dies. As the crimson worm dies, she oozes a crimson or scarlet red dye from her body that stains red splotches on the wood and it immediately permanently covers her children with the color of her blood and it covers them that they forever will be marked with her blood. And listen to this. And there she lays dead for three days with her babies being stained with her blood underneath the covering. At the end of three days, all the blood has oozed out of her and she turns from the crimson color into a white wax that begins to fall to the ground white as snow. What was once red as scarlet has become white as snow. Now I'm about to start preaching tonight. Isaiah 1.18 says now, come, now let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like tolah, I will make them as white as wool. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I have come to tell you the blood still flows. The blood still covers. The blood still cleans. The blood is the answer for this hour. Pastor Don, we need to come together. Know what we need to do is get under the blood. And when we get under the blood, we will come together and God will heal our land. Why don't you give him a praise like he deserves? I told you I was going to try to behave. I can't help but think tonight about how all creation is pointing toward him. For years, a tola thread went throughout every passage. And in the beginning, he was there. And then he was the one that was moving. The Bible says in Revelation that he was the preeminent of creation. Sometimes on Saturday morning, people will show up at your door and they'll try to tell you that Jesus, see, Jesus was the, the preeminent one created. But what they don't understand is there's only one other place in the Bible that that word is used there in that form of preeminent. And it's when Jacob was standing there or laying there and Joseph brought his sons before him and he said, here's the oldest and here's the youngest and he wanted the oldest to receive the hand of blessing on the right hand. But all of a sudden, the father said, Jacob said, no, it's the only other place it's used. No, this is the preeminent one. So what it's really saying is this in Revelation, that Jesus is the creator, that in him and by him and through him were all things made that were made. Amen. You see, when we start tying it together, it all works. But let me just preach this for just a moment more. It was time. For thousands of years, sin had reigned. For thousands of years, people were living under the curse of the law. 
And they could not measure up. That's what I've been preaching on for weeks. That when the rich young man says, Lord, what I need to do inherit eternal life. Jesus basically said, if you can do these things, then you don't even need me. Watch this. He said, if you can love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and, and, and uh, mind and all your strength, and, and if you can love your neighbor as yourself, then you don't even need me. You can get there on your own. But what I've come to realize is that I can't love God horizontally. Let me explain that to you. I can't put him as part of my life. Oh, I love God as much as I, well, my family's here, but God's got his beginning of the week, and then I've got my children. Let me tell you how you can tell if you're loving God horizontally or not. If your children are misbehaving, if you won't call it out because you're afraid they won't think you love them, then they might not come home for a visit at Christmas time. Let me tell you, understand, then you've got God on a horizontal plane with them. But instead, you ought to stand your ground and say, you may not come home for Christmas, big boy, but I will fight for you until I see you in heaven someday. So you gotta love God vertically. He's gotta be the top. The problem with that is all of us wanna love, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. We wanna love our neighbor as ourselves vertically. Because I can love the people I looked up to, and I can love the people I'm reaching down to help, but love my neighbor. And I said, Lord, what am I gonna do with this? How do I, how do I, I mean, we can't measure up. And then he said, but but son, if you want to find the measure, you got to put both parts together. And I said, I said, Lord, okay. So I, I had a vertical beam and I, I set that, that horizontal beam on top of the vertical beam. I said, no, no, that doesn't work because I can't love my neighbor vertically. So I brought it about down halfway and nailed it there. And then I realized something. I had a horizontal beam and a vertical beam. And what Jesus was saying is where you fall short, I'll take it to the cross and I'll cover you with my blood and I'll help you do what you can't do. Holy Ghost just pulling me to this moment. I'm, I can't help. Pastor Don, I know that story. Well, you're about to hear it again. I preached it all over the world, and I want to preach it to my dying breath. That They laid an old rugged tree, and they laid it on a hill called Calvary. And the beautiful, beautiful Savior that I worship crawled upon that tree. He attached himself to that tree as he laid there without flinching as they took his hands and his feet and nailed him so that he could not come off. But it was there on that tree that he performed a miracle. He performed a gracious act that would cover me with his grace and would cover me with his forgiveness because he said, they said, come on down now. Prove yourself. And he said, I'm going to prove what I came to do. I'm going to hang here until I've got my children covered in the blood. Some of you are saying, no, Pastor, I wasn't even born then. But he looked down throughout eternity, and he saw you, and he said, I know your every fault, and I know your every struggle, and I'm going to hang here until your sins are paid for because you are my children, and I want you stained with the blood. I'm trying to behave. But I have an image tonight in my mind of where we are lacking. You see, there... Why three days in the grave? The Jewish people believe that the spirit hangs around for three days and you're not completely dead until after the third day. He waited and waited and waited till after the third day. That worm hangs there to let you understand that not only did he completely die, but he completely saved your soul and set you free. And every demon of hell that's trying to pull you back has no power. But let me tell you what the problem is. Some of us are looking at the darkness of the world and we look 
look too much like it. What we need to do is go back to the fountain drawn with his blood and get back in the fountain and dip our heads under the grace of God and we're going to walk around, listen to me now, stained in the blood. Now how does that work? How do you walk around stained in the blood? When somebody invites you to sin, you realize I don't fit in anymore because now I've been washed and I'm stained in the blood. When they invite you to the pig pen, you say I have no business going back to the pig pen because look at me, I was dirty and lost and undone but blessed be God, now I'm covered in the blood of Jesus and I don't look the same anymore. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise tonight? It's very important. One of the signs of the unity of this body is what we have done over and over and over again. We meet before as the senior leaders who once wouldn't sit down at a table to eat together. And now we take the bread and the blood. And you can't take the bread and the blood and hate your neighbor. You can't take the bread and the blood and keep living the way you used to live. Why? Because when I am weak, he makes me strong. <laughs> I need his body. But when I fail, I need his blood. God is good. Tonight, some of you are preparing to submerge yourself. You're preparing for everything to shift in your life. That is not the blood of Jesus. It is Dawsonville tap water. Straight out of the Etowah or Chastity or wherever it comes from. At least that's what they tell us. Listen to me. It's not what's going to happen in the water that's going to determine what's going to happen in the water. It's what happens under the blood that determines what happens in the water. When you make up your mind, I'm not living dirty anymore. I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm going to get under the blood. I'm going to walk holy. And I'm going to walk righteous. I'm telling you, this world is not hurtling toward darkness. It's hurtling toward the light. But you listen to me. God's not coming back for a church. Oh, do I have to say that? You know why I think this last time hour that masks are part of the hour? Because he's exposing the fact that many have been wearing masks all along. You can't see their heart. You can't see their motives. And bless God, everything's all right. You know what? I have found when my attitude is not right, the best thing for me to do is say, God, humble my heart. Change me. Cleanse me. Wash me again. I connected with something in the water that changed my soul. But I won't lie to you. I have had moments of anger and frustration and struggles that I constantly go back to the blood every day. 
because Paul said it this way, daily I mortify the deeds of this body. How do I kill what seems to control me? The blood. So tonight I want you to stand in this place. Pastor Todd may say, Pastor, that's, that's your last message. That's fine. At least I preach the blood. Can I say that, Lord? I'm tired of people coming up to me and going, I heard your radio station doesn't preach the blood anymore, doesn't talk about the blood anymore. I said, you listened to the wrong one then. I told my announcers, you want to be blessed? Every hour you tell them about Jesus saving grace. You pray with them. You bless them. Why? It is the only hope of the hour. The water cannot help you until you come to the fountain of the blood. I want you to do something different for me tonight as we prepare to pray. I want you to lift your hands toward it. You're standing here with people whose hands are uplifted, many of who tonight have stains on those hands. We judge no one because without the blood, none of us can lift up holy hands. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Give us clean lips. Clean us up, Jesus. You're coming for a church who is watching and waiting, who have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb, according to your word. Give us clean hands. May we literally be narrative changers when we walk around different than who we were before. Cleanse us, O oh God. Forgive us, O oh God. And wash us clean by your blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. I have not attempted to ignore those many of you who are watching around the world tonight. I want you to bow your heads and pray with you simply have had a very distinct message for this evening. Right there where you are, the same power of the blood works for you. You want to come to the water? We thank God for that. But you better start with the blood. It will wash you clean. It will make you whole. And then, what you're going to do is testify to what he's already done in you. God is here. God is present. So if you're watching tonight, you want to join with these in just a moment. I have preached the unadulterated gospel the best way I know how. But the blood will cleanse you, wash you. If you're in this place tonight and somebody invited you and maybe you've heard a thousand sermons in your life. But tonight you realize you need to be washed in the blood because you've either never given your life to Jesus Christ or you have not lived for him and you're staying once again with the filth of this world and you need to 
come back for a fresh touch. Everybody in this room seeking the face of God, this could be your brother, your sister, your child. I want to see where you are so I know how to pray for you. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. I want to surrender my heart and soul to Jesus Christ. I want to see your hand right where you are. Would you hold it up high so I can see you in this place? Is there any that would say, I want to be washed in the blood? I haven't been serving him. I hadn't been faithful to him. Looking for you all over this place. God is here. Hold it up high where I can see it. Hold it up high where I can see it. Thank you. Are there others? Are there others tonight? God's touching people. He's setting them free right now. I see it. Thank you. Are there others tonight? God's moving. God's moving. Oh, look what, his, what, what he does. Look how he rescues. Never can you outrun his grace. Never can you outrun his love. There have been several in his room tonight that have responded. How many of you would respond also? You can let us know. There are people that will be happy to communicate with you from the team here. Let us know right there while you're watching. I want you all to join with me in this moment for those who are going to have a life-changing experience right now. We're to declare the blood of Jesus. I want every voice in this place and those watching to lift their voices with me now. Jesus, come on, that's not enough of you. Jesus, right now, I believe the gospel of hope and peace that was purchased for me by your blood. And from this moment forward, I give you my past, my present, and my future. And in Jesus' name, I believe I am covered, I am washed, I am cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen and amen. Now would you come on, give God a praise tonight. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.